0: Now, fight back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome.
1: Mayor John Tory gave his state of the city address yesterday and the focus was traffic, congestion, gridlock and some possible solutions. He called out inconsiderate drivers who block traffic by parking illegally who sometimes park in bike lanes so they can grab a coffee, which is obviously really important, or run an errand or something like that. And he announced that the Great Toronto Towing Blitz is coming back. In previous blitzes, 29,000 cars have gone under the hook. So is this a solution we want to hear from you? Also want to know, maybe you've been towed or maybe you encountered a lot of vehicles that should have been towed on your commute. The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll free 1-866-744-740. Right now, we've got the mayor on the line. Mayor Tory, thanks so much for joining us. It's my pleasure, Libby. Well, you say that nothing gets the message better to people than being towed. Well, it's true.
2: It's a sad statement. But sometimes people have to go through it. Look, I included myself. I was told probably 15 or 20 years ago one time. And ever since then, I've been very conscious just to look at the signs. I mean, the signs spell it all out. It says no stopping or no parking between, you know, three and six, which is rush hour, that sort of thing. They're pretty clear. So I don't really feel too sorry for people who get towed because they've either you know, not lo- bothered to look at the sign or willfully decided to ignore it, uh, or pulled over, as you said, to get a cup of coffee or pick up their dry cleaning, and these things inconvenience then hundreds of other people we've all seen and been in the traffic jams caused by one car pulled over at the wrong time in the wrong place at rush hour, and then hundreds of people literally behind that for sometimes kilometres. Get in a traffic jam, I and mean, we just can't continue that way.
1: Absolutely. Uh, but lately, what I've been noticing is uh, garbage trucks or delivery trucks, and at rush hour
2: blocking yeah, no, a lot are, of people are so if they're uh, doing that then people should send that into 311 you know the, the city hotline and we'll see that uh, that isn't carried on with because they're not supposed to be doing that delivery trucks aren't supposed to be either we've made special arrangements now a lot of people will notice the signs around the corner on the side streets where delivery trucks can park uh, and make their deliveries because i understand there's business to be done but we just can't have them parking on main streets and so when people see that Again, the only thing I would suggest they can do is call us at 311 because we're going to take the offenders uh, you know, that are the uh, you know, the courier companies and whatnot and it's, deal it's, with them because we can't have them breaking the law either.
1: It's, it's not necessarily that easy to get through. You kind of have to take time to get through to 311.
2: Yes, I, I understand we're trying to do better at that, and we have reduced the waiting time significantly. But I would suggest, nonetheless, um, even if people email you know, the fact is if they call through on one, we're not going to be able to get a car out like it's an emergency to move that truck in five minutes. But we will call the company involved, I promise, because it's something I take extremely seriously. And if it's, you know, Purolator or UPS or Canada Post, um, we will call them and say, look, your trucks are blocking lanes. This is where it happened just in the last few days. Please stop.
1: OK, what's the uh, and, you know, email so, address for that?
2: Well, I mean, the, the best yeah. email address uh, is is the one that is mayor underscore Tory at toronto.ca. Mayor underscore Tory at toronto.ca. And if it goes to my office, we will uh, call the companies up. I promise we will, because I've made it very clear to them, we can't have them doing that.
1: Uh, Another question that I have, uh, I think, yes, it works when there's a blitz, but it's a long time between one blitz to the next. So, you know, what I have encountered is that, yes, behavior changed, but it's all gone back by now.
2: Well, I think a lot of it has. And look, that is what's called human nature. Uh, You know, we're like that on... Why are we still doing seatbelt blitzes like 40 years after they required us all to wear seatbelts? Because people... You know, why is anybody doing distracted driving anymore or sending texts? But Because people just do these things. So, um, you know, we we really can't, to be honest, afford the the police resources to have, you know, dozens of police officers doing these blitzes permanently every single day, Um, you know, just because the police are highly trained people who have other things to do with their time. Uh, that are important but uh, this is important too but you know solving big crimes and so on is very important and, and <laughs> yeah. keep community safe so um you know the blitz is just remind people and hopefully what you do is every time you do a blitz you you know change the behavior permanently of at least a few people and you chip away at it and that's all i can say we can do and we're we're going to use technology more for this too so for example i've asked and i know some of your listeners won't like this but i've asked for photo radar to be brought back we'd be authorized to bring it back we have to go and beg the province to do that and they seem to be seem to be going along with it in school safety zones so that means you don't have to have police cars and police officers with radar guns in those uh, neighborhoods because you'll have a a photo radar machine doing that and these are the kinds of things we can use technology to help us with so that uh, but but you know blitzes of these kinds and enforcement are necessary
1: uh... Now, I see you have 35 additional traffic cameras. What's kind of interesting, uh, you've talked about a partnership with Waze, which is uh, a fabulous app for traffic. But one of the things they do is warn people how to avoid these things.
2: Yeah, but well, what they do that's really important is they, Waze is an app that you can put on your phone. So any of the listeners that have a cell phone, a smartphone, can put the Waze application on. And then all you have to do is type in the address where you're going, and and the, the, the phone knows your location, and it gives you the best route to go that avoids traffic jams. And I use it every single day to help get around the city, and I can assure you it always takes you around the traffic and gets you where you're going the fastest way possible. What we're now going to be doing with Waze, and by the way, Waze in Toronto would have like tens and tens of thousands of users, and we will now have an arrangement with them, a partnership, where their users who put in information about accidents and about construction sites and about... Uh, flooding and whatever's going on will will share that with us so it helps us to manage the traffic better and we in turn will make sure all the ways users know all of the sites where we have construction going on so that it's a two-way street sharing information and this in turn helps ways to give people the best route to get where they're going and avoid the traffic wherever possible, and I can tell you, it works. Well, people I, who are intimidated by it? Uh, you know, shouldn't be. Look, I'm i no young spring chicken myself, <laughs> but I, I use Waze easily, and it works really well.
1: Yeah, no. What I'm saying, does it bug you that they they tell people how to avoid uh, traffic cameras and things like that?
2: No, because the traffic cameras we 're talking about are not ones that are meant to catch people and give them a ticket. Traffic cameras we put in around the city. you were putting in more of the enforcement ones too, but the ones I was talking about yesterday and continue to talk about are traffic cameras that simply monitor the traffic, uh, and uh, what they then do is, is all the pictures go into a huge control center for traffic in uh, in, in eastern Toronto and there they make decisions literally when they see an accident they'll see it first because they see it when it happens and they can change the traffic signals call the police and do various things to help keep traffic moving and so those are the cameras we're talking about the enforcement cameras uh, are different they're for red lights and so on and we're going to continue to deploy more of those uh, again so people will drive safely and so that we don't have to have police officers watching for that sort of thing when they have Uh, better things to do with their time
1: okay um you also listed a whole bunch of measures that have already been uh in place uh i'm just how long till we see a difference i mean it's it's still impossible to get around the city there's construction on every block every day something new so when can we expect to see a difference here
2: Well, I think the real answer to your question is when we get uh, more transit built, and that's one of the reasons your listeners will hear me all the time talking about the fact we need the money to continuously construct transit in Toronto, and we haven't been doing that. We're going to open the first new subway extension in 15 years in December up through York University. That's not acceptable. We should be opening some new transit route uh, sort of virtually every year. And we just gave up on doing it a couple of decades ago. So that's job one. The second thing I'd say to you, though, is this, Libby. Had we not done all the things we've done with new technology and with uh, parking blitzes and all these kinds of things, think of how much worse the traffic would be because we are a growing city. And so we're just trying to keep up now. But the real solution to trying to get ahead for a change is building more transit so people have an option to leave their car at home. And that's what we're trying to do. And that's why I have a 15-year network transit plan that consists of You know, the Scarborough East LRT, SmartTrack, the Waterfront LRT, the Relief Line, uh, you know, and so on. It's a long list, and people might think it's intimidating. We have to do it because we gave up for decades on building transit. So that's the real answer. But busy cities are always going to have traffic. I'm not trying to pretend we're going to get to a situation where people are going to be able to drive down some street and see no other cars.
1: Finally, uh, I have to ask you about something that's a big pet peeve of mine sure. that I hope you will fix, and it has to do uh, with the bike lanes. So yep. on some north-south streets like Shaw, uh, there, uh, there are no lights uh, when you're crossing big streets like Dundas or Bloor. You've got a bike lane. You've got parking you have to advance into the intersection to see if it's safe to go across. By the time you do that, there's another bike coming straight at you, and you're blocking him, and it's very dangerous. It's a
2: real challenge for us because as we now do something that is just logical for us to do, which is share the road as between drivers, people who are parked, and people who are biking, cycling – Um, You know, there's new habits we all have to get into and new ways that we have to try and design these streets. And so I I can't tell you I have an easy answer to that because, uh, you know, wherever you put the parking, it's going to block your view to some extent and uh, create dangers with doors opening and whatnot. We're trying to look at all the different places we have bike lanes in different configurations. I mean, look, in the end, some people would say the solution is have no parking in those places at all. Um, Needless to say, and this is part of the joys of my job, if you said, well, there's going to be no parking, you get a whole bunch of people mad at you who are retailers and people who want to park their cars, need to park their cars. So we're struggling with that because I understand exactly what you're talking about. There's a safety issue involved and there's kind of a convenience issue in the sense that you can't, you know, keep going and you have to stop and wait. And then, as you say, a bike comes at you um, that's coming, uh, coming along. So we're working on trying to configure the way the streets are put together in a way that makes it safer and easier for people to get around of all different descriptions. And it's a big challenge. I'll just say that.
1: Okay, well, uh, I hope you get to it. Mayor John Tory, thanks so much for being with us.
2: Thanks for having me on, Libby. All the best.
1: Okay, bye-bye. Okay, people, so uh, we want to hear from you about your experiences with congestion. Do you think a towing blitz is going to make things better? The numbers to call 416 360 0740, toll free 1 866 740 Right now, uh, we are going to go to Counselor Jay Robinson. Hi, Jay. Hi, Libby. How are you? I'm great. Uh, well, what do you think? Do you think that uh, a towing blitz is going to make a difference?
3: Well, uh, here's what I can tell you, Libby, is I'm getting emails and having conversations with residents every day, and this is top of mind. I, I, people are very frustrated across the city, and particularly in my ward, because I'm just north of the, cross town, the Eglinton Crosstown that's being built. There's a lot of construction around that. And congestion in the city is a real problem. It's costing $11 billion annually in, in lost productivity. So we need to do everything we can, put every measure in place, find every tool we can to address it. And that's exactly what we're doing in the Public Works and Infrastructure Committee. Mm-hmm. Uh- so uh, it's, it's, it's a problem. This tagging and towing, I think, is a great initiative. Um, we have very few complaints about it. Uh, and people seem to embrace it because these individuals are parking illegally. And, and so this is a way of uh, sending a message, a strong message, that we're not going to tolerate it.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, I noticed uh, in the mayor's speech, the, the first thing he cited was uh, this uh, parking bylaw officer uh, who uh, is calling out people who are parking in bike lanes. How, how big a problem is that?
3: So that's Kyle Ashley. Uh, he's a parking enforcement officer with uh, Toronto Police. And it is a big problem. Uh, we see it every day. Uh, we're, we're getting photos sent to us constantly uh, from people who are seeing the bike lanes being basically um, totally blocked. And it's something, it's edu- all about education, Libby, and just making sure all road users understand the rules of the road. Now, there are times where we, you know, there is, there is an impact. Uh, uh, somebody has to drop somebody off. Uh, but there's, it's really more the people who are stopping to go into a coffee shop and just very, not being very insensitive and just pulling over and heading into a coffee shop and not parking properly. So, um, it's really about those people that we're trying to target, and and of course the courier services, uh, pulling into the into those into those bike lanes, and so it, it is a problem, and and we hear about it on a weekly basis.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, now, one of the things that the mayor just said, which uh, is not not necessarily that encouraging, is that we're going to we will see an end to this. Uh, terrible congestion in 15 years when more transit is built.
3: Right. And so the other thing is that we're growing in leaps and bounds, right? Every, the downtown core is booming. Young and Eglinton is booming to the point that residents are actually not happy about it, the m- amount of development happening there. And so it, it's, we, we're constantly in catch up mode, trying to catch up, uh, because this, a lot of this, these measures weren't in place till just recently. And so, it is, it is a bit discouraging, but at the same time, we are putting, you know, we met yes just yesterday. We have a road closure coordination working group. We meet uh, consistently. We met we met yesterday, getting updates from all the divisions that are involved in congestion and gridlock and how we best tackle it. So there is a plan in place. There is a strategy. Uh, it's not something that we've shelved. We're we're actively working on ensuring its uh, targets are met and we're measuring as we go. And we're also investing in the technology because um, the way of the world now is all about data, as you know. And so we, that's our focus is
1: uh, technology that we can implement now uh, to help down the road. And uh, are, are you putting the brakes on uh, giving developers the right to close streets? I mean, are we going to see less of that at any point? Because honestly, I, I see a new condo development, you know, practically every time I'm on the road.
3: Well, that's I think your and my favorite topic. Um, this is really a, the bane of my existence. Um, we have increased the fees for road closures. Uh, dramatically, so that's step one is discouraging them from using that uh, space in the, in the in the first place. But now we have work zone coordinators that are out, actually monitoring the sites and making sure they're not just using them to park vehicles or they're just not throwing up some orange cones uh, to do whatever they want. But instead, they you know that it's all addressed through permits. Um as well as you know when the permit ends, we're not prone to uh to reopening it. In the old days they would just run the course and keep it there as long as they could. And now we we're really working hard with the developers to minimize the impact on the curb lanes. And uh we actually had a report on this just yesterday, Libby, and and there is some good news. Um, they're they're able to um really discourage this type of use over the long term and and get developers to get the work done quickly. So um, that's a big step forward, and and we're going to continue to focus on that. We are at at Council, when these things come up, we are holding them to see if there's any way we can modify them to have less impact on the streets of Toronto.
1: Okay. Well, uh, we'll have to see some uh, progress on that. Councillor Jay Robinson, thanks so much. Thank you, Libby. Okay, and uh, let's take a quick call from Bob in Etobicoke before we take a
4: break. Hi, Bob. Oh, how are you? Fine. How are you? Not bad. I've I've lived here for a long time in Toronto, and I used to uh, operate a contracting business downtown. And I worked with uh, some landowners that had office buildings. And one of the problems we have about parking is that um, if you wanted to put up a, a building, office, commercial, or whatever, you're supposed to supply so many parking spots per square foot. So that you may be, for every 100 square feet of office space, you had to buy a parking spot. But you were allowed to buy what they call air rights. So you could put up a building 100 floors high without any parking if you give some cash to the city. Well, to me, I don't know what that was done with that cash but that's a lot of money and they say oh it's going for subsidized housing well it should have went for maybe parking garages or subsidized parking so the city has caused the problem by allowing air rights to be bought and like for example i know a friend of mine who owned a building and i did some electrical work at uh, 100 young street and he had they had to buy air rights because they had no parking but the city didn't seem to care if you give them a pile of cash Well, now the city has caused this problem because they've done it in the whole downtown. None of those buildings would actually have enough parking spots for the number of square foot that they have. That's the way it is. Okay, well, you know
1: what, Bob, um, I'm going to wrap you up because we have to go, but um, you bring up a good point. Uh, I can't say that I know much about that, but the next time we talk to the politicians about that, we will ask them
0: about that. Okay, thank you.
1: Thanks very much.